Welcome to Sex Tech Talk, where we talk about sex, technology, and the ever-growing sex tech industry. I'm your host, Michelle, and welcome to the podcast. Hey everyone, it's Michelle. Thank you so much for listening to the episode today. So I want to tell you real quick about a way that you can help support me and the podcast. You can check out the affiliate links that I have in the show notes. So one of my favorite affiliate links is for Erica Lust. And if you've never heard of Erica Lust, you are missing out. You need to check her out. She is an adult filmmaker and she makes ethical adult media. So it's porn that you can feel good about watching. There's no shady behind the scenes business going on there. Everything is very upfront and clear for the actors. So everybody gets paid a fair wage. Um, There's lots of diversity, so it's really cool. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to be an affiliate partner with her. So go ahead if you would like and check that one out and enjoy today's episode. Thanks. Hello, everybody. This is Michelle. I am the host of Sex Tech Talk. And today we have Sarah. She is a journalist. And Sarah, how do you say your last name? Doadari. Doadari. Perfect. So we have Sarah Doadari with us today. And we are going to talk all about media and journalism and sex tech. All right. So, Sarah, do you want to just start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yes, sure. So hi, everyone. I'm very happy to be here. So yeah, I'm a lifestyle journalist. I mainly um, write and research for a quite big Austrian online um, female magazine. So we are quite um, fashion focused, but our goal is to really um, extend our portfolio. So I'm basically writing a lot about um, psychology and sexual wellness. Um, as well as business and tech. So this is quite new for us as a magazine. And I'm, yeah, really happy to be able to do that and to talk to people like you. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm also having sometimes um, PR projects um, that depends on the topic. If it's really something I also like want to support and I feel and I think I have the right network um for the client i support yeah um my clients companies um yeah finding the right media uh, writing the articles um placing them generating media coverage for them and yeah that's basically my job it's really um researching and telling you stories <laughs> Yes, I love that so much. And that's what I've been trying to do in the sex tech niche is just talk to people, tell people stories, like, you know, just introduce people to as many different aspects of sex tech as I can find. Yeah, I I can see that. And I, I admire your work, honestly. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun for me to talk to so many cool people. So tell me, Sarah, so what are some of the niches that you write about? So you said you write about sexual wellness um, and what else? Exactly. So um, basically psychology, but I would say psychology in, in the mainstream. I talk to therapists, of course, and experts and really trying to, you know, to make those topics more mainstream that could be um, really 
as I said, sexual wellness or wellness topics in general. It could be um, uh, topics such as gaslighting, our relationships to ourselves and to other people. Um, it could be like, um, yeah, interesting life hacks, how to, you know, to manage your time, to, to feel like more happy or what can you learn from people who are actually doing well. So you see, this is a kind of, um, I would say, yeah, like wellness related topics, basically. This is yeah. one niche. And um, in, in this niche, I also have those um, fabulous um, sexual topics as well, of course. Yeah. Um, I, I talk to to, to um, CEOs, for instance, of um, different uh, sex, uh, sex tech um, companies, because it, mostly also like female related, to be honest. Um, it's not that I'm, I'm 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 a feminist or something. It's like really to raise awareness. This is like really important and um, to yeah to to give women a voice, you know. And um, so yeah, this is pretty much fun. And on the other hand, I I do like business related topics. Um, talk with CEOs from different companies and industries. Talk uh, with them about their success. Um, empowering women. Like uh, last week, I had a super interesting interview with um, with a founder and CEO of different e-commerce um, companies in the Middle East. Oh. He's this this guy is is fabulous, really. I mean, he's a billionaire. One must say that because he's just super clever and um, he builds up companies and sell them. And I really wanted to talk with him about. Um, female in female business female entrepreneurship and honestly i couldn't find anyone talking with me about that it's like yeah. men yeah men don't want to talk about that they say yeah you can talk with women and i'm like no i don't want to talk with women about it i, I want to learn something from men <laughs> right so, get that different perspective absolutely and this is why i'm well, so happy to talk to that um to that entrepreneur and that was such a valuable, um, valuable interview. I learned so much for myself. And I think women outside, they also were super happy that someone was really giving them advice how to, to create their own business, go their career path. And uh, also, how can you do it being a mother, for instance, so we we yeah. were like researching different different aspects of female entrepreneurship, actually. So, yeah, this is what I do. Also, write about culture, arts, um, sometimes beauty, um, health. Yeah, this is what I do. <laughs> yeah, that is so fascinating, and I love getting like the male perspective because I am a huge fan of women in business. Of course, you know. And it's just different to get a male perspective because, you know, men have more experience like historically in these industries, you know, and most of the time, I don't want to put a broad blanket statement out, but most of the time it's easier for men to invest and to build companies and to build wealth than it is for women. And fortunately that's changing, but I think we need those perspectives from men on how they've been successful you know, and especially like in the case of the man you were talking about, he's a billionaire. Like, yes, hello, we need your advice. Like help lift us up as women in business. We want to hear what you have to say. 
absolutely and he was so happy to talk to me he was like sarah i need more female followers mm -hmm. i have a million of followers on youtube on instagram but i can track my audience he told me and i'm like 95 percent men so i was wow. like okay we're gonna change that we need more women to listen to you <laughs> definitely and you know what's so interesting what he was telling me is like he's a business angel as well and this I, I asked him exactly about that kind of topic like raising venture capital as a female entrepreneur and he told me um to his experience an investor he he doesn't care if it's a woman or a, a male it really depends on the idea and he says i i don't have enough women applying for venture capital mm -hmm. and he was like this is this is simply it's mathematics if i don't have enough women applying how can i give the funds to 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 a woman i mean yes, and exactly. that's reasonable actually women are still so shy and expressing themselves believing in their ideas and this is something i really want to change like for my hard you know yeah definitely me too and i think as women we just need to keep building each other up and giving each other more confidence to do things like apply for capital like you know that's how we're going to build our businesses and grow and so i think that's great that you've been talking to people about that because i think that's something that we need to have more discussions about you know, because people kind of shy away from talking about money and how to get money sometimes. And so I think more conversations is better. Absolutely. I still think it's um, a big part is still socialization. Like women, um, they they don't feel like empowered enough still. This is mm -hmm. like my mind. It's, it's, of course, also a European point of view. This is why I'm like so excited to have also the American point of view now. I mean... Yeah. We're both the Western world, but I still feel there are differences still between America and Europe, but we can figure this out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, still think um, women um, are still quite shy, actually. Yeah. I think so too. You know, I think, you know, we're less likely to apply for certain jobs, we're less likely to apply for loans, less likely to invest. You know, and then so we this is a good segue to talk about Vanessa. So Vanessa Schaefer, I had her on the podcast and she is creating she has created a company um, that's in the crypto space as well as women's sexual health. Um, she's an awesome person. I love her. She's the founder of Female Pleasure Society. And so and she has gotten she wants to get more women in the crypto space. So crypto and NFTs and Web3. And so she has been like my biggest cheerleader as I've been exploring the Web3 space. And then, Sarah, you told me today that you've also worked with Vanessa. So tell me a little bit about your working relationship with her. Yes, of course I will do, because I think she's incredible and she's doing a great job. I love the whole concept of the company and i truly believe in it and i'm always telling her we will we will figure this out and we will fight for that so basically um we met because there are um yeah just let me think it was last week exactly on the 16th of november they had their first drop with their oh. nfts with uh, crypto.com 
and um, we were starting actually our collaboration in September and um, I was telling her that we have the opportunity to um, yeah, to, to to show the female pleasure society also from a kind of different angle. It's not just this crypto and um, metaverse space, which is of course um, super important, but actually um, showing the female pleasure society also more from a lifestyle point of view and approaching also lifestyle um, media companies. Um, selling them actually the story because this is a big story to tell and this is how we actually started our collaboration because i am a lifestyle journalist and i remember talking to my chief editor about having an interview with vanessa and um talking about the whole concept of her company the um the, the mood booster actually the product behind the nft and then of course the nft itself um, selling this product through an NFT. And my chief editor, she was amazed. She was like, oh my God, this is such a great story. We got to tell it. So yeah, that was basically the, the first um, step um, me and Vanessa took. And yeah, I, I'm pretty well connected also to, to different um, blogs and magazines. And yeah, we're trying our best to to um, cover like um, yeah the female pleasure society in, in different media um, platforms, so it's a lot of fun, but sometimes it's also tough. <laughs> mm, yes, welcome to the world of sexual wellness, right? Yes. <laughs> All of us in this industry know that, like, when it comes to media and journalism and like sharing what we actually do it's complicated. So what are some of the barriers that you've run into? Yeah, that's a very good question because <laughs> I, I was I was astonished. I mean, I'm a grown up woman, yeah? So <laughs> I shouldn't be astonished, but however, um, for me, I told Vanessa, I would like to, to cover you in also unisex platforms because it's much more easier to find a female audience, but like, um, having this unisex um, level, that would be actually great. And that was my first, um, I would say, more or less negative experience. But we figured it out in the end. I, I know it's 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 a big German, um, yeah, unisex lifestyle platform. And um, the chief editor told me, okay, this is a great story, but I think you're so much exaggerating like women they have all the rights and there is no problem and um i i don't feel this topic i don't feel the relevance of this topic and you can imagine how i felt <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm imagining how i'm feeling right now hearing that <laughs> wow and i mean i mean i'm very diplomatic that's my job as well you know and um I was telling him that I'm not also a journalist. I used also to, um, it's it's been a few years, but I used also to 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 coach women, and I was very honest and very direct. And I was like, you know, I dealt with lots of women between their 30s and 40s, and they're not having that happy sex life with their partners. So this is a matter of fact because they still can't express their sexual pleasure there's mm -hmm. actually no space to talk about it 
And I was telling him that this is a very like quite serious topic. And he took me seriously in the end and he published, by the way. <laughs> oh, good. Yes. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Mission accomplished. But he was like, okay, okay, I'm going to publish because um, this seems to be so important to you. And I told him, yeah, it is <laughs> definitely. So, um, yeah, like um, it's, it's still a very male dominated area even the media industry it is trust me i don't know how it's in the states but in in europe it is yeah so let me tell you about my experience with this like you know i love to write about sex tech companies and like different founders and so um like to start building my roster of like people to write for i started reaching out to some top tech magazines so I reached out to a few top tech magazines and I was pitching different ideas. So I was pitching um, like ideas to talk about, the, this was a few months ago. So to talk about like the big sex tech conference that was going on, to talk about some of the founders in sex tech. And one of them was a technology magazine. So I was like, hey, we can focus on this one of a kind technology and it's related to women's sexual health. And then he was like, you know, like we, I talked to people um, on my team and we just don't think that anybody is going to be interested in this. Like, you know, he's like, our audience isn't going to care about sexual wellness. And, you know, like women like get this kind of information from women's magazines. Like nobody's going to be interested if it's in a tech magazine. And I was like, oh, I disagree. <laughs> like, you know, having this is technology and men are interested in this topic too. Men are definitely interested in sexual wellness, you know, and even if it's talking about a female founder or female product, you know, like even if it's not for the men to use themselves, they have girlfriends and wives and partners and people in their lives, like, you know, like that they could share this information with. And you know, so in the end, like we just he didn't want to publish anything about it. And so I just kind of let it go. But it was really frustrating for me because I'm like, oh, man, like I think, you know, society expects women to get technology information from women's magazines, you know, and women's magazines are great. They are wonderful, but they're not the only source of information. And women in tech are not only for women's magazines like we are for all the magazines so it's just it's really frustrating i can imagine yeah it is definitely and this is also my approach like um it's good to have these women magazines supporting no doubt but we need to extend our communications and we need to go out and tell the story and um I totally feel you. This is this is what is happening to me at the moment as well. Um, and um, for instance, I was also pitching a story. It's um, it's a very big big company in Europe. They're producing um, yeah vibrators and yeah stuff like that. So yeah. they're doing it really research based. This is why I find it's like super interesting because I talked with them about it. Like how how do you gather your data? What kind of research are you doing in terms of um, female sexuality? And they also do research um, in, in male sexuality. So mm -hmm. I, I really love that. And this is so, so interesting. So you either find that topic in like super special interest magazines, you know, which like 
don't have that big face on, on, on social media platforms or LinkedIn. You know what I mean? So it's really special interest and more scientific. Or as you said, in female and women press, and it's more or less superficial. So this is also what I'm working um, on. I, I want to like know more. I, I talk to the people who are in charge you know, of also developing those products and defining their target groups. And um, yeah, as you said, this is, it's its not only just about this, that it's for female. I mean, it involves men as well, because both work together somehow. Yeah. I mean, men and women, I mean, they, they, they have sex together in the end. So it, it is of importance for men. And as you said, technology wise, um, it is still a big, big business area which should be taken like seriously, and there's um, also lots of money to, to 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 make. You know what I mean? Like um, it should be also more interesting for investors, I guess. Oh yes, I mean this industry is in the billions. Like, what did they project? I read a projection that was like thirty-six billion dollars by like twenty thirty or something. Like it was crazy, a crazy amount of money. And so I'm like, you know, <clears throat> like it's, you know, it needs attention. And I think, you know, more and more women are getting more comfortable talking about sexuality and using toys in the bedroom and using this sex technology. And so, you know, I've read a lot of different posts on social media that are like encouraging men to think of vibrators and sex toys like as your tools, as your partners, they're your, I read one that said like, they're your teammates, not your competition, you know, because I think traditionally sometimes men have been intimidated by women using vibrators or sex toys. Um, they think it's their replacement, you know, but it's not, it's like a companion, it's a teammate, it's to make it more enjoyable for everybody. And so, you know, men are definitely interested in this technology. You know, and I think I'd find it hard to believe that if a man is flipping through a tech magazine and sees an article about sex, he's going to be like, oh, no, I don't want to read this. Like, this has nothing to do with me. Like, it no. just, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I totally feel you. But um, still, I figured out that this is a, a man's problem in the end, because um, in general, they have also this kind of problem to talk about sexuality. I mean, it's not just about us women, you know what I mean? Um, it's even for men kind of barrier to talk about their own sexuality. So um, yeah, they they feel quite insecure then talking about women's pleasure. And um, it's exactly what you said, like they feel replaced, which is absolutely not true because a sex toy doesn't, doesn't replace my sex partner. Exactly. Uh, as you said and um yeah the technology is so interesting and this is also what i love to do and, and my job to really talk about this because um as i told you i am very much interested about how those companies like research and 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 develop their products you know based on actually their research um um data basically and that involves a lot, you know, like experts from, um, yeah, from from a medical point of view, a biochemistry point of view, you know, this is like, this is, it's crazy. It's a big, big field, actually. 
Yes, totally. And like one product that I love and someday I hope to actually purchase it is the vibrator by Lioness that um, that tracks your orgasm data. Have you heard about this product? Oh, wow. Okay. That is super interesting. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it's fascinating. So, okay. Like the science nerd in me is like so excited about this because yeah, so it's a vibrator that actually connects to an app. And so what it does is it measures the pelvic contractions of an orgasm. So it'll measure the strength. And then in the app, you can track different factors. Like you can track, um, like, did you have caffeine today? Are you on different medication? You know, so you can include all these different variables and you can look at your own data and be like, okay, you know, when I drank three cups of coffee, I had a stronger orgasm. When I drank, you know, two glasses of wine, I had a less strong orgasm. So you can actually look at your own data. And then if you want to, you can opt into like a bigger study that they're doing about different types of orgasms and orgasm data. So they don't automatically just like use your information. But if you want to be a bigger part of the study, you can. And so like stuff like that is just like so fascinating to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was I was just Googling it, honestly, because I'm so... Yes. I'm so curious. Yeah. yeah so it's lioness.io. Um, yeah. And Anna Lee is one of the founders um, and she's on LinkedIn. Um, and so I follow her and she's really cool. And I've heard her on a couple different talk shows and podcasts and stuff online. Um, but yeah, like technology like that is just fascinating to me. Like, I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is what we really need and talk about definitely yeah exactly and then there's another technology and i'm trying to think is it laura de carlo i don't know if i have her name right but she created one of a kind robotics technology she created a vibrator um but like this type of robotics had never been created before and she was awarded um like a special award from some technology um like award ceremony, but then they took it away once they found out that the robotics technology was for the sex industry. And then there was like a big issue around it, of course. And then eventually she got the award back, I think. But like she created this really cool, like scientific robotics technology, but then they're like, oh, it's not as important because it's in the sex industry, you know? So I think we need to keep changing the narrative around that because. There's a lot of cool technology out there and a, people are just doing amazing things. Absolutely. This is such an achievement, actually. But why would you say that this, that like sex technology is such a sensitive topic? I mean, they say it's not important or not relevant, but to my mind, what they mean is this is a too sensitive topic I cannot talk about. Right. And it's just, it's so hard because I know, especially in the USA, it's just years of repression, you know, like it being a taboo topic. We don't want to talk about it. And then just like kind of the purity culture of like, you don't have sex until you're married and just like all of the shame around sexuality. I know that's, you know, it, in different parts of the US, there's parts that are more conservative. There's parts that are more free and liberal 
you know, and it can vary by city by city, you know, but I think overall, we're still kind of stuck in that phase of it's a shameful topic. We don't want to talk about sex. So if you create something that has to do with sexual wellness, then it's just not as worthy as if it was something to do with medicine or, you know, like a different topic. Yeah, it's really interesting and sad at the same time, but we are we are going to change that anyway. Um, yeah. I'm just thinking because half of the population is, is female, so that's a big target group as well. So <laughs> you know what I mean, like... Um, should be taken seriously huh? <laughs> right totally and that's another thing too like you know okay talking about sexuality especially like in parts of the usa is very taboo but then talking about women's sexuality is a whole nother ball game like people just get very like squeamish and sensitive because historically speaking if you're a woman who enjoyed sex you were called names you were called a whore or a slut or exactly. you know something derogatory you know, but that's not the way it is anymore. Women have a right to enjoy sex and to have sex without shame. And so slowly that's changing. But I mean, that's something that we all have to keep working towards. Yeah, I think one of the biggest issues is that I think, to my mind, men feel like they're losing power. Ah, um, yeah. You know, if a woman is is aware of her sexuality and sh she knows about her her body, um, the kind of pleasure she wants to experience. This is like to my experience, like um, talking to a lot of women. Um, and that is why we need to work with men, you know, just we cannot just go the path all way on our on our own as as women. We need to get men on the boats and yeah. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. This is, yeah, what I figured out, actually. And um, Athena, she was just writing, talk about sexual health. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it starts, this is a thing I've experienced, by the way, with, um, I, I can I can be very honest here, when I talk with my mom, because when um, she um, she stopped having a period, you know, like the whole yeah. system changes, the whole body changes. And it was it's like a, such a big topic no one talks about, actually, which is, I, I, I find so awkward because this is so important. And they think like at, at a certain age, you don't have any sexual or you don't feel any sexual pleasure anymore as a woman, which is also not true. Also big point, by the way, it's not just about younger women also older women who are not being seen actually in the society and which yes. I think sex tech is super important to them as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think too, it's kind of that myth that like, oh, well maybe we only talk about sexual health when it relates to women being pregnant and fertility. But then after that, we don't want to talk about it anymore. So like Athena's comment was, she said, you can talk about sexual health, but not sexual pleasure. And that's the thing because, you know, people think after menopause that, oh, well, you're, you know, there's no need for sex anymore because you're not going to have a baby. Like that's the only reason behind it, you know, which is absolutely not the case. Of course, women of all ages enjoy sexual pleasure. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think like to me, this is also very important to, um, to, to work on also like giving older women a voice and talking to them about sexuality and going to the media, because as you said, it's still more or less a matter for, um, yeah, for younger women in, in, in terms of fertility, as you already said, but yeah, we need to extend also the group of women and give other women also a voice and um, include them as well, you know, in, 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 in research, I think, in, in sexual research in order to develop even better technology. Of course, I definitely agree with that. And I think, you know, to begin with, women are underrepresented in research, especially about sexual health. And then you include the category of older women and there's like nothing there <clears throat> as far as research is concerned. And then Athena just made another comment. She said, I just talked to someone the other day who's a 90 year old mother who's having a new relationship with a 99 year old man Sexual pleasure has no age limit. I love that, Athena. That's so true. What a cool story. Yeah, I love that too. That is so inspiring. I love that. Yeah. And and this made me think of the TV show um, Grace and Frankie. It's on Netflix. Um, the season one of Grace and Frankie, um, they're two older women. I think they're in their 70s. And they create a vibrator for that's made for older women who have arthritis. And so it's like easy to hold, to maneuver. And it's a really interesting conversation on this TV show because, you know, a lot of people don't talk about older women and sexuality. So this made me think of that. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's a good point. It's a good point. This uh, The Netflix series. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I think it's a really interesting, an interesting show to begin with. And then I really liked that they brought up that topic. And honestly, until, and I, that was a few years ago that I first saw that way before I even got interested in sex tech. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess I never thought about that. Like, you know, like you don't really think about older women and sexuality because nobody ever talks about it. And then you don't think of like complications, like if you do have arthritis or some hand mobility issues, how that could affect getting pleasure. And so it's like different things that you don't really think about until somebody finally starts to talk about them. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to also to make the point that it's also a matter of biology. Like um, you can help it if you are a woman, you know, and you have you have a female body and it, it works just differently than a man's body and i think this is like s such an important point to to mention and to explain that um we are just working differently than men and um this is why it's an issue we need to talk about and to find f find solutions and and be honest and be open about it you know like men tend to not like talk about it because they're simply different biologically and right. um yeah it it sounds so simple but it, it is a very simple truth no one really wants to 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 talk about like just to 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 understand where this whole discussion actually comes from right exactly and then there's also this double standard especially in marketing and journalism where it's okay to talk about men's pleasure 
like Viagra and, you know, erectile dysfunction and all of the marketing that goes into that, but you don't hear anything about women's pleasure. Um, and so, and even things that talk about women's pleasure get censored, like on social media. So it's just this total double standard happening. Absolutely. And I can tell you, this has again, something to do with giving men back their power. And this is why they talk about it. You know, like, right. a man, yeah, who is, a, is, who's sexual active. He's a powerful man, but a mm. woman who um, enjoys her sexual pleasure. She's not a powerful woman, not yet soon, but <laughs> you know right. what I mean. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's such a good point because, you know, like men who enjoy sex are, you know, like powerful and strong. But if a woman enjoys sex, it's almost looked at like a weakness, like, you know, like, oh, like there's something wrong with her morality or something wrong with her character because she enjoys sex. And so I think that's the narrative that we've all been working so hard to change is that, you know, there is nothing wrong with women enjoying sex and pleasure. And we need to talk about it and we need to you know, get rid of that double standard because, you know, sexual women are powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there is a shift in the, in the whole media industry. It's just taking time because you still have to imagine that um, most of the yeah media company holders, CEOs, they're still men. Mm, yes. Knowledge that as well, that this, this is going to change. I, I I can see the shift, but it will take us a bit of time. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to ask you too, because you are immersed in media and journalism and that whole industry. So what do you see as some of the main barriers? So like, you know, people not wanting to publish articles about sex and like you had just mentioned, like men, you know, owning these media companies. So what are some problems that you've run into? Yeah, first of all, we need also more women to, to be able and to feel empowered and free to talk about it. Yeah. Because we have women in, in the companies and we need them also to, to speak up. So, you know, I just, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to just blame men. I also want women to, to speak up and to support you know what i mean so this is the first thing i would say and um if these women start to speak up um yeah initiate topics such as sex and sexual wellness and sex tech um we will have a wave of that so yeah. i'm pretty, pretty much convinced of that we just need like more women to be to be strong and to do that. And I know lots of super interesting magazines, at least here, like in Germany and in Europe, and they're still very focused on emotional topics. So we need those women to also get them more on, yeah, on the sexual um, part, you know? And yes. yeah, so we, we need to start with them. And then I think we can go from there and talk to men on a different level. Right. And like to my example earlier, you know, about how they said that like women wouldn't be interested. 
And like there were women on that team. So like if you're a woman on that team, you know, like speak up and say like, you know, like, okay, maybe personally I wouldn't be interested, but other women, women would, you know, or if you are interested and you're just scared to say something around your colleagues, like speak up because you're in the media business. Like you have control over what other people are seeing and what's available, you know? So like check yourself and make sure you're not censoring things that could be valuable for other people. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And that requires women to be more brave. And we yes. can, especially here, especially in Europe, especially in the States. Um, I mean, I, I dealt with some media, you know, in the Middle East, this topic is like it's it's, it's out of question of you know yeah. that's literally still a big big issue but i'm like okay i'm 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 based in europe so i can like be a role model and empower women at least in my culture it's possible and we should take advantage of that possibility yes definitely i agree with that so much like we you know, we have that freedom. So, you know, that's kind of like with freedom comes responsibility. So like, you know, we are responsible for leading the way and showing the world, you know, that there's a, you know, that we can be role models and talk about sexuality and we can have these conversations without shame because we have the freedom to do so, you know? And like, because if we speak up in a meeting and say, hey, you know, this actually is a topic people are interested in. You know, there's laws that protect you. You can't get fired for that. You know, like there are there are certain protections in place now that you can have that freedom to share your opinion. Absolutely. And this is where I see also my job. Like, um, as I told you, you find those topics more in special interest media, like really tech-related media or... Um, yeah, or, or scientific media as well. But I want to get this more mainstream. So I definitely need those women to, to, to work with me and to speak up, you know. And I just wanted to tell you a little story of a of an Iranian uh, sex therapist I, I met here. She's been here since, in, in Germany, since 20 years. So, wow. and maybe you you had followed what is going on in Iran at the moment. So, um, yeah, she's a super, super strong woman and I admire her so much. And I mean, this is the reason why she left her country. Imagine if she cannot go back because right. she's a sex therapist. Imagine. Gosh. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's the thing, like it's completely out of the question for somebody in a country like Iran to, for a woman in a country like Iran to be a sex therapist or talk about sexuality. It's a hundred percent off the table. Exactly. And this is why I empower women in, in the West so much to speak up. And as, as I told you before, I had those conversations with men and they say, yeah, you have you have all the rights and, and the freedom, but it's not about the rights I have on paper. It's about how I feel about myself and my position in the society. And I don't feel that women still feel 100% safe talking about their sexuality and enjoying the pleasure, even in their own relationships. So yeah, as I told you, um, us women, we, we need to, to, to start to initiate the, the shift 
Yes, exactly. And it starts on a small scale, you know, like because, you know, for me growing up, like, you know, the younger guys, like I'm thinking when I was a teenager in my early 20s, the younger guys would talk about masturbation a lot. You know, that was just something guys would joke about or talk about, you know, but between girls, it was a very taboo subject, you know, and if some if a girl mentioned masturbating, it would be like, ew, gross, girls don't do that. You know, like girls don't seek out their own pleasure. And it was just something that like girls frequently shamed other girls for, you know, even though it's something that most of us did. So it's like kind of on a small scale, getting rid of those taboos and like talking to each other and making it something that's not shameful. Absolutely. I totally agree. And really talking to each other and learning from each other. The thing is, um, I feel like, women think they're opening up because they're showing their bodies on social media and but i think this is this is not i mean they can do that of course um i'm 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 a big supporter but all all i'm saying is it's not about like um yeah showing yourself you know or like um yeah um presenting your body because this is not what we're talking about. I mean, we're talking about um, sexual pleasure, freedom, health, and this has nothing to do with the with the right or the ability to, to show myself like on social media platforms. This is also what I figured out. Those women, they think they're like, like they're strong, they're open-minded, they're powerful, but it's not by, as I said, um, sharing selfies it's more about like sharing stories mm. being brave to talk about those subjects yes definitely there's a whole like mental emotional component that goes with that you know it's like you said it's not about just showing the physical but can you tell the story behind that you know can you talk about it you know and you know like a picture says a lot but you got to be able to put it into words and be a little vulnerable with like your story as well exactly because this is this is confusing man i figured out mm. they say like yeah okay you're you i mean you you showing your bodies and um on social media and you are like so empowered and um you feel so open-minded about yourself and i'm i'm like okay but these are just pictures where are the stories behind it? We need more stories. <laughs> yes, we do. We do need more stories, you know, and that's where, you know, journalism plays a key part is like being able to share these stories and being able to put them somewhere where people have access to stories and reading them, you know, like in a way we can all kind of publish our own stories like on social media. And of course, we all have the power to like blog and that kind of thing. But as far as like, you know, mainstream media or more public media, you know, like it's important to get those stories out there. Absolutely. And I was just reading um, the last comment of Athena, and this is super interesting that those um, that uh, readers wouldn't be interested. Yeah. But so let me read her comment real quick. Used honestly. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Athena said, I had a similar situation in media. I reached out to a female empowerment brand about writing articles about pleasure and sexuality. 
and they claimed their readers wouldn't be interested, which is like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> That's a huge part of female empowerment. But this is exactly the point I was talking about, like female empowerment is talking about sexuality, sexual pleasure. It's not about like, um, I can do this or that, or I can build up a business. I can like, I don't know, um, show myself up on social media. There's so much more about real female empowerment. Right, because are you really empowered if you can do things like, okay, yes, you can start a company or you can show your body on social media, but you don't feel comfortable talking about sexuality because it's too taboo. Like, are you really that empowered then? Like, you're still missing a key component because sexuality is health, it's wellness, it's who we are. And if you are too scared or ashamed to talk about it, then you lose some of your power. Absolutely. 100%. I, I, lo I loved your comment. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I, I just think that, you know, that's a key part of being empowered is, you know, being able to talk about yourself and your sexuality. So, yeah, it kind of blows my mind a little. Like, why are these companies, like, why is the media rejecting this? Like, are they afraid, like, that they're going to scare off some of their audience? Yeah, that might be, honestly. It's like, um, it's a taboo. And yeah. um, they don't, like, even if you, like, maybe Google the company and you find some sex-related topics that might have a bad influence on their... Um, business activities um this is this is what comes up in, in in their minds you know what i mean and yeah um, yeah this is a big issue it is and like even as an individual person like when i decided that i wanted to make sex tech and sexual wellness my niche like it had i had to make a commitment i was like either i'm all in or i'm not because my husband said to me he said because I've been applying for different jobs and looking for partners. My, you know, my job that pays me is digital marketing and social media management. So I'm always looking for new opportunities and positions. And my husband brought it up to me. He said, if people see on your LinkedIn profile that you're in the sex tech industry, do you think that they're going to not want to interview you? And I was like, yeah, a hundred percent. There's going to be certain companies that are going to see the word sex and be like, whoa, that's not our brand. Like, we don't want to even interview that person because that's so far not our niche, you know? And so I had to really commit to it and say, you know what? Like, okay, like this is what I'm really interested in and I'm going to embrace it and be proud of it. And if a company wants to ignore me because I, you know, talk about sex tech and sexual wellness, then I have to understand that they are not the right company for me to work with. And so, but yeah, I think, you know, having, it's a big step to break that taboo and it can scare off people. It can scare off your audience. It can scare off potential employers, you know? And so I think that's where some of that fear comes from, uh, from different companies and media organizations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love your attitude, by the way, I, I do respect that so much. And this is why it's so important, as I said, like to to really tell the stories and go out there and speak up because um, 
I think a big issue is as well that they connect the word sex with um, pornography mm. or also content, which is, um, yeah, harming um, children or, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's always directly connected, which isn't fair. And maybe this is also a big problem, by the way, of all those media platforms, um, also such as Twitter or whatever it is, the, the algorithms are um, are not defined in, in more detail. Like whenever you write sex, it's it's bad. It's considered to be bad. And this needs to change as well, I think. It does. And, you know, I was confused when this first started happening, but I noticed on social media, people were saying segs, like S-E-G-G-S -G -G -S, instead of sex. <laughs> And I was like, why is it? At first I was confused. I was like, what are, why is this happening? And then I realized it's because of the algorithm. And it was in my private Facebook groups. Um, I'm a, I love to read and I read a lot of romance books and like some erotic novels. And so I'm part of these groups on Facebook where we talk about book recommendations and stuff. And, you know, I noticed all of a sudden people were censoring themselves within that private group because they were afraid that their posts would get taken down, you know? And then of course, like publicly, like on Instagram and Twitter, like people have been censoring and they, or they'll do like S number three X, you know, like they come up with other ways to try to trick the algorithm. Exactly, exactly, to trick the algorithm. This is the point. And um, yeah, we need maybe also to motivate those, those um, platforms to to find a technical solution for that because if you're yeah. talking about sexual health it's not pornography <laughs> sorry <Right. laughs> it's exactly. not a hundred percent you know and like you know so like there needs to be like an algorithm like for sex education and sexual wellness and then also too <clears throat> if like somebody is interested in ethical adult media or something like that there needs to be another level like another setting you know, that you can approve that content because, you know, it shouldn't automatically be censored for everybody all the time. That's not fair. Absolutely. And this is also what I've learned with working with Vanessa, by the way, because she faced that problems many, many times. Yeah. And like, that's just wild to me because like, you know, her product, like if you guys haven't heard about Vanessa's product, she created um, a female mood and sexuality booster. So it's like a drink that you can drink, but it's more than that. Like she is in the, it's like a web three company where you can actually buy into the company and be a part of like decision-making. Um, and it's a really cool concept and you get equity in the company as well. And so it's really neat, but like, for her, it's hard to get that message out because it's about female pleasure. And so she gets censored and it's just wild. I can't believe that. Like it's, you know, it's a supplement that's helpful. It's wellness, it's health. And yet she gets censored. Yeah. So we're working on that and I'm doing my part as a journalist as much as I can. And um, yeah, delivering more stories and I yes. really to to initiate a real shift in the media industry. And with your help, I think we can do that. Thanks, yeah, and that's what I wanna do. Like, I just wanna like start telling stories about people. I want to 
talk about sex tech because if people, I think they, I know, actually, I know there are more people like me who hear sex tech and they're just fascinated and like, what is this? Like, you know, and they want to learn about the companies that are out there. And I've met people who don't really know that much about the industry, but they want to learn more. And so I think being more open and talking and sharing stories and what you're doing in journalism, like I think together we're slowly, you know, building the bricks, like putting them in place to where it, things are more accessible for women coming down the line. Absolutely. And I would really love to enjoy your platform and like informing myself also about new um, sex technologies and yeah, create the stories, talk yeah. to people behind it. Definitely. And that's another thing too, is like, you know, there's not one easy place where, you know, we can all connect with each other in the sex tech industry. So that's one thing that I've kind of been working on on the side is trying to find a place for all of us professionals that are in the industry to meet. So I did start a LinkedIn group. So anybody who is interested in sex tech as a profession or part of their work involves sex tech or they're a founder, you know, like all of us can join this group where we can network with each other because that's one thing I found it kind of hard. Like there is no central place where we can all communicate. I've just had to search the term sex tech, like on LinkedIn to try to find people. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> you know, we need a place to find each other and to network. So that's one project I've been working on on the side as well. That is fantastic. Really. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's. I think it's just fun to have a place where we can all talk and share things. And I know there's a lot of people, too, that are interested in jobs and careers in sex tech. And so every time I see a job opportunity, I try to share it in this professionals group. Because that way, if somebody's interested in sex tech um, and they're looking for a job, like, you know, you know, maybe the job isn't a good fit for me personally, but somebody else is like a master in that area. Like, it's good to be able to know that you can share opportunities within this niche group. Absolutely. Absolutely. That yeah. is fantastic. And yeah, yeah, I'm also trying like to extend my network. And um, as you said, like people from like all over different industries, awesome um, doctors, for instance. So I will be interviewing uh, um, a doctor next week. She's, oh. uh, yeah, yeah, she has a very high position here in a very great clinic. And um, I will talk with her about sexual pleasure, actually. <laughs> awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear that. So is that going to be um, like a written article or are you doing like an audio article? How's that going to be? It's going to be written. Yeah. Perfect. I'm so going to share it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where can we find your articles? Because I'm really interested. Like, I want to be able to find the one that you're writing. And I want to be able to find the one where you were interviewing the billionaire talking about, like, female. Oh, women. I will send that to you. I mean, cool. this is, he had, like, amazing insights, really. Like, you will enjoy it. Um, this interview I published on L'Officiel, which is the Austrian um, lifestyle magazine for women. And um, we have um, a specific, um, how to say, like, um, we deal with different topics. And one of them is really business, it's just business and tech, actually. Oh. And there you can find the, the interview. 
And um, I basically talked to him in German because he is originally German, but he moved to Dubai like 20 years ago, I think. And um, but I the article can be also found in English. It's always German English because we want to have an international audience. This is like super important to us. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I think you'll find, especially in America, there are not a whole lot of bilingual people. Like, it's way more common in Europe. Like, European people speak a lot of different languages. I think that is so cool. And like, but it's not that popular in America. So we usually need to have things translated to English, unfortunately. Yeah, no worries. It's always in English and German. And um, yeah, I also have a personal blog. um, Yeah, which I will definitely share with you. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask you, so I will link, um, your, all of your information into the show notes, but do you want to tell us, um, for anybody who's just listening on audio and hasn't checked the show notes yet, tell us like where we can find you, like on your blog, social media, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. Yeah. Everywhere. I think LinkedIn is a very good address because I'm trying to publish all my work on LinkedIn. Cool. So this is, Actually, I would say a very good address. And um, you find most of my articles actually for the magazine I'm working for. That's um, it's L'Officiel. It's a big brand such as Vogue. Oh, nice. Cool. That's really neat. So I will be lifestyle orientated. And as I told you, we have like those um, important topics we're developing, such as business, tech, um, sexual wellness. So that's pretty important to us. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah, so I'll post the link to the magazine also in the show notes too. But yeah, so if you want to get in touch with Sarah, you can find her on LinkedIn. And then if you want to read some articles and stuff, I'll post what I can in the show notes for you to follow along. Cool. All right. Well, Sarah, do you have anything you want to add before we get going? Or do you have anything else you want to say before we head out? No, I wanted to to thank you so much for that great talk and really inspiring. I wish to meet women as you all the time. Oh, thank you so much. That makes me feel so good. I loved talking to you today. Like I love just having these chats with people and just getting to know people better. And I just love talking to you today. So thank you. <laughs> thank you too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody who's listening on the replay. Thank you, Athena, for joining us today. Athena always joins in and asks really good questions and comments. So thank you, Athena. And yeah, I hope everybody has a wonderful afternoon. And we'll see you next time on Sex Tech Talk. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs)